Do you have gloves? I do not have gloves. I'll give you gloves. Oh, you've got gloves. I think gloves are a good idea. This is really good. I really, really appreciate this. But you could, you could, you could can't spell there. gloves. Without love. Without loves. Um, <laughs> thanks, Andrew. Um, so actually, this is probably a good place to kind of start then, I suspect, actually. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, uh, people who are this, are we starting? I don't know. Jeez, okay, yeah, go for it. Again. So yeah, so what we're trying to do this this week um, is listeners having joined us recently in the middle of conversation. Uh, myself and Andrew and Jay. Um, hi, Jay. Hi. Um, we've decided that we're going to be discussing Before Sunset, Richard Linklater's 2004 romantic drama for Valentine's Day, part of the podcast that myself and Andrew call Two Guys Die Alone. Yeah, are we going to are we going to de- delve into your personal life, Darren? Wait. Is this going to be autobiographical? I mean, you know, I've never been in a war, I've never been shot at. You know, everybody just takes the piece of their lives, right? Well, yeah, isn't everything yeah. autobiographical? Um, but yeah, so what we thought we'd do is we'd try and do something. Every year we've done a bit of an off-format episode, so we did like the 18-hour Twin Peaks thing last year. Oh, I remember year. that. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, Jay was part of that as well. We did the... Oh, uh, that's not Cherry Pie. We did the four-episode Inception thing, which, which Jay was also a part of. Um, and we thought this year to, to kind of celebrate, you know, um, before sunset, what we do is we try and do an episode in the style of Before Sunset. So we'd record in and around Dublin, you know, walking around. Wandering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we wanted to, 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 to kind of test what people would listen to. Yeah, the limits <laughs> of listening. What, what, God, help them all. May <laughs> God have mercy on them all. What level of audio quality? <laughs> Are, you, yes. Are you willing to put up it? So I think if we put it up front. Yeah, yeah. that's it, listeners. So you, this, this episode may be a bit rougher than our usual standards. Probably equal. Rustic, I think, is the yeah. word they're looking for. Yeah. Local color. So we're probably going to wander. Well, we're sitting in a pub at the moment. Uh, we're sitting in Cleary's, um, which is on Amien Street. One of the great pubs. It is. Um, yes. Um, great spot. Yeah. I'm going to be dragged out of it uh, head first. Into the cold. Uh, into the cold to uh, do this. But, you know, such is my commitment to these things. Oh, cheers, I'll by the way. Do it. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Right. And, and uh, listeners at home, you can you can join in. <laughs> Have a Guinness or a wine yeah. yourself. It, it yeah. will help the podcast episode go down better. Yeah. Um, and obviously... It's, the... it's a, a walking around in European cities. Yeah. yeah. As we're it, destined to do. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the budget wouldn't stretch to flying the three of us to Paris. <laughs> but uh, no, so actually, the reason why we invited Jay on... Darwin's looking great, by the way. He's got a haircut. I'm snazzy, which is great for which really is, cold weather. And, and not great for podcast because nobody can see it. Uh, yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> oh, he can't. He's, he's, looking, um, he's looking good. I still have hair. He does. Uh, crucially, which is what's important as we get older. Um, but what's interesting about this is that I actually, when we do this podcast, we ask guests like what movies they want to cover. Yeah. And some people are like, hey, I'll happily come on and talk about anything, or I'd like to talk about X, or like this director and that director. Occasionally, you get a very strong, very forceful answer. You get like a. Jay's well, laughing here. I'm not. Do you remember what you said? Yeah. Well, you said you would kill me if, if I didn't. Yeah. If I didn't invite you on to talk about. Kill is a strong word, but I but I meant every syllable of it. Um, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I wanted to do this one. This is, this, uh, this is quite close to my heart as well. So I, I kind of wanted to get into it in that regard. Did you make this threat after last year's? Uh, I, I, I kind of make this threat semi-occasionally on, a, on various things. It's hard to keep track of uh, specific <laughs> threats. Jay's kill list say. is very conditional. <laughs> it, it, it can take up a little bit of my time. But yeah, it, it's a film. I a deck it, of cards like in Iraq War. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the Saddam Hussein. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the main reason, I guess, that this film and films, I guess, in terms of the series, appeal to me is, unlike you two guys, I'm 
kind of the exact age of the characters in the films and I would have seen the first film when it came out roughly around the same age as the two lead protagonists in it so it's like so, setting up for it is it, that's exactly it. It, it it is so my younger self would have been suffused with that kind of idealistic uh, naivety I guess but once a better word where Before Sunrise came along and then Before Sunset obviously which was the one we're talking about specifically is very much a kind of realism crashing into the, that kind of idealism before you get to before midnight when realism Reality very much crashes it. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean it, I can understand that kind of two decade long journey having gone on it in, in relatively speaking the same periods of time and then except not fancy European cities but you know <laughs> you do what you can I do what I can um, and I got, well, I got curious actually in terms of that was it was it the case of being the right films at the right time? So, like, did it? Was it that you saw, you know, before sunrise, at a point where you were in that mindset, you were that sort of romantic? Yeah. The idea of meeting somebody was very exotic. The idea, even like in couple years, was in nineteen ninety-five, right? Yeah, so nine years apart. I would have been. Jeez, my age, right? I was twenty. So, the idea of like traveling to Europe, and this was probably just at the infancy of Reiner's kind of... Um, oh, budget fights? Would that have been, would they have been really No, not really, but it was coming. They had oh, fights. They had fights, but they had... They <laughs> and, and, and no, but they had fights as well with, fights. With, with some of the kind of yeah. other operators. Yes. They were still trying to give you the free kind of newspaper. <laughs> but Aer Lingus would have cost a bomb. Like, if you got to, to London, it cost uh, quite a bit of money yeah. in the 90s. And the idea of like going to like Paris or Vienna or any of that would be quite alien to a you know this a, a particular strain of our society certainly to my mind I think I went to Paris when I was about 27 28 so it would have been a few seven or eight years later so after the after saying yes well it, yeah it used to be a very exclusive thing I yes, remember my is. uncle well, saying good. only good looking people you, you only see good looking people in here <laughs> now that is not I, true no I mean, it's not <laughs> yeah. you get people like us now <laughs> commoners I mean again I, I would work in an office where people would fly regularly and I at one stage remember an older gentleman complaining that people no longer get dressed up to fly yes yeah. well it was, a, it was like you have to remember it's the age of Concord as well so yeah. I mean flying was a, it was a particular class. class of people that took flight like we used to go to England and you'd have to get a ferry a three and a half hour ferry and then it's like seven hour train to London or whatever so like, for the time you travelled to the west coast of America to go from Dublin to London uh, that was the thing you went they did it because it was the only way you could afford to do it so then to, there was, this is kind of pre-channel tunnel as well I guess so, this, so, so the, we're, we're talking about like to get to mainland Europe then there was like, another ferry or so, I mean you know I mean looks like traveling to Australia in the 1890s so it's kind of like you know you're a three-week ferry ride yeah. or something you know I mean, and it costs it costs Jesse what two thousand dollars two thousand bucks to go from America to, to Europe exactly yeah yeah and, that, and he had the whole six months to to, to, to lounge around and then he had to pay his dad back to book ahead <laughs> yeah he had to pay his daughter back well there's there's, there's a self-made man really is what that is <laughs> um, but no and, and it's kind of interesting then in terms of um, so that and then you go into before uh, sunset which, which is, is is a more grown up film in, it's a, in a, a lot of ways it's like where the idea of turning up somewhere and I think the film gets out of it without getting into it too early but it kind of gets at the idea of why he's there and the kind of the reasons for 
writing his book in the first place. The, the premise of the book, the, the film opening with him discussing a book, which is, I think, is, is it their time or last time is what it's called? Yeah, the, the book based on the, the, the one the night of the first film. Yeah. Um, and then he does the whole sequel rehash thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case we want to catch up if you haven't seen it in nine years. Yeah, that's yeah. it all. And, and let me explain the ending of the first film. Yeah, to yeah. You. It's um, done very well, nicely no, visually, though, I have to say. Like, it's not like it, you get lovely visual clues to match up with oh, the film. Oh, little clips. Yeah, yeah. And it works quite nicely. Uh, and Linklater doesn't really stop the film to do it. Yeah. Like, the story is self-contained within the structure of the second film. Yeah. Because it, it is worth noting, again, when we're not going to talk in too much depth about it now. We're going to wander off a bit later. But, I mean, the... The film has been described as the original films are described as the lowest budget film ever to generate a sequel, um, which is quite impressive. Yeah, that's fair. Why it took nine years to make. Apparently, Julie Delpy's agent, according to her, Loki fired her when she announced that she was working on the script for it because there was not perceived to be a market for it. Yeah. Um, they originally wanted to do, and this is interesting as well. And then, and not to get too spoilery. This is lower budget than some of those like horror movies, like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween and that. They were all kind of. In relative, the thing was, Hawk was a bit of a star when this was being. Yeah, he done reality oh yeah, he got paid uh, more, didn't he? Well, he come off the, in the original There's a controversy was, around uh, Midnight as well, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah. He did get paid more because he was considered to be a bigger actor for American audiences. Yeah. Um, and that's what it was made for. And the original plan was, well, there are several original plans for what they wanted to do for a sequel to this. Linklater had originally considered um, taking the two actors after he made before Sunrise, flying them over um, and shooting a half-hour footage of them meeting at the train station and then basically waiting several years and then catching up with them later. But apparently that never happened due to, you know, sort of uh, scheduling difficulties yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And again, he apparently decided, one, originally he wanted to do multiple cities in this Sorry, one. why didn't he just do that immediately? Like, did he think that he was like, I don't have the old age makeup to age them six months? <laughs> yeah, he need to wait six months and shoot it. Well, this is Linklater's thing. I mean, you know, boyhood. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. he doing something with Sondheim? Yes. Yes, for the next 50 years. Yeah. Which is yeah. quite an investment. Uh, it's, yeah, I was listening to somebody say it's that it's quite odd. It's very kind of it's tempting fate. <laughs> it is, it's, Richard. I hope. You oh, sorry. No, that was Donald yeah, Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he's got some it serious own own insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kind of wondering. Or a backup young director who's going to step in should he fall over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is where the movie would have gone after this yeah. point if he had not died in that tragic bandstand. Yeah. It's presumably they're they're presumably planning on making him an artificial intelligence. That they, they they have to have a contingency. Like you you, you wouldn't be able to yeah get that. Well, you can direct you, you'll be able to direct by algorithm then anyway. So yeah, yeah. CGI uh, Sondheim basically. The CGI you eat yeah. rock as yeah. well. I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere. You, yeah, you, you have like a random kind of auteurish touch. Press the auteurish touch button. It's been precisely nine minutes and thirty eight seconds since it But I mean, and again, like this. Well, that's that's things like we need a gimmick, but we already have a gimmick. It's this thing where it goes over several years. <laughs> but again, that's Linklater's thing. Linklater's yeah. the director who is obsessed with the passage of time. And again, yes, it's, it's been remarked that, you know, he released Boyhood 20 years after he released uh, Before uh, Before Sunrise, uh, which was a film where if the before if the, the four trilogy 
is about like the gap of time between films Boyhood is about the gap of time within a film yeah. and I mean even his other work as well is kind of in there but he originally planned on they just never got round to actually making the sequel happen um, and the plan was that uh, they actually got together to film a scene for Waking Life yes his, his animated film he did a scene with, yeah. The, yeah, with the two characters technically the two characters but it it's, it's, a, it's, out of it's an abstract kind yeah. of thing. Well, um, uh, what would you like to drink? Uh, what is it? Qu'est-ce que vous voulez boire? Enfin, quoi? C'est toi. No, I'm okay. You're okay? Great. And it, that's the thing. I mean, I think if you, you talk about Before Sunrise, that they were going to film it in America, it was going to be a, kind of an American city. It was going to be Austin originally. Yeah, because uh, Yeah, because yeah, a lot of like slacker would have been set there and stuff like that. But then they decided to uh, kind of bolded and being out of kind of the country sounded more as a young person yeah 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 traveling in like, Europe and it was like later's own experience as I recall wasn't it he met a young woman and he it had was in Philadelphia yeah. it was uh, he was going to be met to Philadelphia for a film screen I think and he met somebody and he spent a night together and yeah and, and she died yeah. later on the car accident before he uh, developed the film yes or just a, either a year before I think but he only yeah. found out after the fact I think yeah. so it's what I, I bought the Criterion box set for the film and just kind of decent amount of extras on it yeah. on each film so you can there's a little kind of you know straight to camera kind of in movie kind of you know we're shooting this because you know this yeah. and you get you see footage being shot of parts that ultimately end up, didn't end up the film as well like there's things that which is quite interesting if you're that way inclined but also um, in terms of it's the only love a hard house <laughs> <laughs> it's also the only one that has a definitive um, location because as you pointed out they weren't sure they were going to shoot the original in Vienna until yes. quite late in the process and for the third one they decided on Greece just because you know maybe Greece why not Greece whereas this one was from the outset planned to be in Paris uh, because obviously that was the only way that he could think of to get these two characters back together which is yeah. kind of interesting where in Greece is the third one Thessaloniki uh, uh, I think it's yeah the islands what, ah. the P? oh the, uh, the Peloponnese sorry Peloponnese, Peloponnese. sorry Peloponnese yeah you're um, right uh, and it's interesting because and then weirdly because it was 2013 I think before midnight just as an interesting thing that they were talking like people were speculating on the film that they were going to make another film and they went to three them went to Greece and they were they said to people that they were they're, they're going to try write a film to see how it goes and they may or may not make one depending on how the writing goes and then a few months later it was filmed like they, they were making it but they said they were writing it yeah. right. so it was a, kind of sprung on people yeah. kind of all of a sudden and they that's being made they kind of tease that here like it's, a, it's, it's very rich with dramatic irony oh yeah the movie because, oh, yeah, yeah. because they, they say that like um, they're, they're in um, at the start not in the pub in the, in the, Shakes, the Shakespeare, Shakespeare and Company, company. Uh, somebody asks kind of like well, so so what happens with these two? Like, do they end up together? And he says, kind of, uh, to answer that would take the piss out of the whole thing. Yeah. And it's kind of, um, it's like, well, we won't, we, we won't let you know. And this movie kind of ends ambiguously. Yeah. Um, well, we'll talk yeah. about that later on. I mean, I mean, sorry. I mean, <laughs> 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 we'll be ambiguous over whether it ends ambiguously or not. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but it is like, and then there's they have an actual discussion where he's like, and you know how you read the ending is a Rorschach test about yeah. you. It determines whether you're a romantic or a cynic. And, it's it's like, and you can you can almost feel I, Linklater being like, I am directing the camera through. I'm ad directly addressing the camera through Ethan Hawke, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because again, like 
the two actors had input on the dialogue on the first film, very much shaping their characters. Yeah. Uh, notably, the scene where Ethan Hawke um, talks her off, well, not Ethan Hawke, sorry, Jesse talks Lean off the train. Um, Hawke would have to try, and you know, you get vetoed by Delphi, and she'd be like, no, that would never work. Yes, that would work. Keep going down that line, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, here, they actually have a co writing credit. Yes. And what's interesting is that the way that they do the writing um, is that they Apparently, put in a link later, it's not what you would assume, which is that Hulk the writes for Jesse no. and, and she writes for Selene. A lot of their stuff is written by the opposite person. So Hulk will write comments that people have said about him um, in like relationships with him. And again, not what the where you know, I'm wary of being too cynical and making it seem particularly trashy. At the same time, he was going through a divorce from Uma Thurman, for example. Um, and and Delpy's talked about that as well, where she would take things that ex-boyfriends had said to her and have Jesse kind of say them to her as a comment on, on her as a character. Character, which is an interesting sort of like relationship. It's that reflexivity that you were mentioning. It's sort of like the idea that, you know. Like Uma Thurman would say, I didn't get paid as much as you for that film we did together. <laughs> and uh, I'm and off then to do Batman forever. <laughs> Batman and Robin, thank you very much. Batman and Robin, I apologize. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, um, and Julie Delphi would say the same thing. It's like, took something from my own life. Um, but anyway, so we're probably going to jump into the spores when we leave the pub. So before we do, do we want to even do the pro forma thing? Jay, do you think that like before sunset belongs on the list of the 250 greatest But generally ever? when I appear in this podcast, it's usually to be all negative and go, no, no, it doesn't belong in theirs, no matter what the film is, but yes, it does. But it, well, it certainly belongs in mine. Uh, it's one of my favorite films ever made, so it's definitely belongs on this list. Where is it actually on the list? The it's dropping fast. It, it survived the infamous August cold last okay, year, which right. got rid of uh, Groundhog Day and Wizard of Oz and stuff. Um, this one dropped significantly. It's around 239 at the moment. Jaws as well. Jaws is gone. Yeah. Um, and really so. No, stop it. I'm joking. I love Jaws. I'm <laughs> Listeners, take that take as praise. Take it back down, Spielberg fans. It's a joke. We'll take that as praise for before sunset. I love Jaws. I love Jaws. I'm joking. Yes. And then, yeah, it, it, it does belong there. It's, it's a weird one because I know quite a lot of people that don't particularly get anything from the films. And, which is fair enough, you know, I mean, we don't all like what we, the yeah. other person likes and vice versa. We like what you like. And we you like, like what you yes, don't exactly. Like. Um, but, and I, I would, and we'd probably get into it, like, the, but the, I think there's an element of the specificity of the film and what it says. Can, and when you see it, I think has a lot to play with how the film is received or perceived. And I think and it's also what he says, which is it's a Rorschach test, you know? Yeah. There's a tendency about how romantic or cynical you are yeah. about the film. It says as much about you as it does about the film, I would argue. Yeah, that might be fair. I, I, yeah, but it does belong there, absolutely, in my opinion. It's worth noting as well that uh, before moon, uh, sorry, before, before moonlight, before, uh, before midnight. Which uh, was before moonlight. Yes, uh, it was indeed. Uh, was actually on the list, but has dropped off, which is quite a shame, actually. Well, I prefer Sunset, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Is Sunset your favorite of Yes, it is. That was a very strong Oh, but by, by some distance. And we talked a little bit about seeing it at different points as you're kind yeah. of aging and like it's staying with you and kind of yeah, like yeah. each of them maybe being a film for a time. Has Before Sunset aged better than the other two? Like, has yes, I think it has. Um, for, I think for a couple of reasons. One, I think, it, you mentioned it, is that it's a tighter film. I think it like it. I think it's no coincidence. Eighty minutes. It's it's as lean as film as you can get, while it's getting to the points you want to hit, yeah. which I think it's remarkably done. Like in that regard, I think it's technically very impressive. Uh, I think there's a lot more camera movement. There's a lot of static two shots and before sunrise, yeah. but it, this is there's a lot more movement of camera. I think it's very clever. There's big long scenes of seven or eight minutes 
kind of dialogue talking and which is hard to do and given that there's supposed to be a naturalistic conversation it's supposed to be taking place where people are around you and all the rest of it I think it works tremendously well in that regard oh it's a fantastic technical accomplishment yeah. and again like it's worth noting that it's shot on Steadicam it is as yeah. you said meant to be naturalistic yeah. but it's again it's all heavily scripted so well, you, of course it's going... you have to make it look like yeah. you haven't learned this off by heart yeah. which, which is, is a done. very difficult thing to do yeah. does it look like that and, and like, like does it does it look like kind of an indie movie kind of and it, it very much is kind of oh it is but right, and, well, like, I mean, like doesn't it have that kind of um, sense about it that kind of you know the, 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 I don't know I, it, it, it's, it's, I suppose maybe we'll talk about this later on but it's, it's, do you not feel like there's a lot kind of in it where you're where you're looking at it and it doesn't feel that natural that I, like, as, as in kind I, of, I, you know, small things like kind of extra work that seems very kind of intrusive. Like, um, but I don't think that really applies for this film. I think it probably applies more in Before Sunrise, if anything. Right. And, but I think what's really interesting about the three films in general, and particularly the two first two, is that nobody else matters in the films like the focus is on TV like anybody that speaks their own language is never it's never translated it yeah. never comes up with subtitles on screen right. you don't get to hear what anybody else says in the film yeah in either film yeah. and so the third them, film has other them, characters in it but them is yeah it's just the, the two the of them is, is a very it's, natural it's the kind of thing it's like yeah. we're at the centre of our own world it's like we're all yeah. actors in our own play and all the rest of it yeah. and you know we're all a Romeo Romeo and Juliet story in essence to ourselves you know that kind of way yeah Without getting too specific or spoiler, that's particularly true here, where, like, I mean, in Before Sunrise, you have interaction with yes. other people, you have poets, you have, like... Which, which further the story yeah. along in that way, where yeah. that's not here. Here, it's, it's, it's just It's about peeling layers back with, of themselves. Yeah. It's, like, it's like they set up something for the third act that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point, actually. Yeah. Why has he got a gun in the bag? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he passing over the mantelpiece? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, come along to our play. We totally will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do like that. I was like, you know, we've got to went to go to the Oscar's play. <laughs> I would have went to the play, and there's my Rorschach test because he played half a horse. So I wanted to see that. Like, I have to your branching timeline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then finally, before we head up, because I think you've answered both. What about you, Andrew? Actually, like in terms. It's of... Is your first time watching it? What's your yeah. first? No, no, I, I, I'd seen it before. I'd seen it when I was in secondary school. Um, God, it was probably just a little bit after it was released. Okay. I know it, it might have been seven or eight years before it was released. <laughs> well done, you. Sorry, just, just, on the map. just to make you feel <laughs> like <laughs> younger. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, yeah, I, 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 I like it a lot, but I wouldn't put it on the um, on the two fifty. But since you've also answered the question, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't think I'd. I, I I blame myself a little on this one. I well, you uh, can't blame anybody else. Jersey. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I I do I do like this movie a lot, yeah. but I, I'm not. It it. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm really not certain that 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 it ought to be on the list or that it ought to be on kind of my 250 if I were compiling it. But that's no. Knock um, against it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, you've, you've been on a podcast. You've talked about lots of movies that you like. Yeah. yeah. That you wouldn't want. No. I, that, that's exactly yeah. it. Like, I mean, you are a big player in 2049, Dan, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> that podcast lasted for 20-49 minutes. That was the best part of that. <laughs> um, it only felt like it. it 
<laughs> and then myself, this is interesting actually, because myself and Andrew talked about 1917 last week. And, uh, you should have had me on for that. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of movies that Jay would absolutely not have on it, yeah, not have on my list, uh, yeah. One of the discussions that we had. Uh, yeah, it would have been too much of a consensus, <laughs> I think, if we had had you on. Like, oh, okay. We wanted some, we, we really needed for that was somebody who loved them. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to find, I yeah. no, no, but So, Roger Deakins, what did you think of 1917? <laughs> I love all the talk about, like, and of course, there's no chance that Parasite will <laughs> <laughs> the best picture I think our podcast aged really well, actually. Consistently. We're like, a week later, it's gone. <laughs> let's do these in. all in a hurry so we can put them out before the Oscars. Well, aren't you glad? <laughs> and we say in, the, in each one. And there's no way to Parasite. Which is why it was important to get them out before the Oscars. As as, I think so you can be kept there in posterity like that. <laughs> I don't as, think a, as, any, as a warning. I don't think at any point did we say, and of course we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Mon- Who knows? Mon- no, we were Give like... Give yourself an out for no. God's sake. <laughs> 100% no. <laughs> Never going to happen. No. Modesty is a, a, a lost yeah. Well, who knows if it did happen? Yeah, I mean, who There's knows? There's a post-truth kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I think it says a you lot about believe. whether you're a romantic or a cynic. You've got to leave that open to the audience about whether Parasite won. As for myself, um, this is interesting. Again, it, it's, I really like it technically. I think it's very well constructed. I like the performances. I think it's a remarkably well put together film. Oh, there's a book coming. There, it's a big book coming, and I cannot lie. Yeah. I'm a, it just it doesn't really work for me, and it doesn't work for me on a very, you know, and again, this is what Andrew said. It's not necessarily the film. It's probably more me than the film, if that makes sense. In that, when we talked about Before Sunrise, this was my first watch of it. Um, and I talked about avoiding the Before trilogy because I'm not a big fan of certain cliches about love and stuff like that and romance and certain, you know, sort of approaches to love that are taken. I find them quite, you know, Because in some ways it's a movie made for you. Is it? Well, I mean, like, like it, well, it's, the, it's not the movie you want. <laughs> but it's the movie I need. It's a love movie, yeah, that you need. Because yeah. it's like, and when I talked about Before Sunrise, I was like, I'm very wary going into this because, you know, Jesse is an Ethan Hawke character in a 1990s indie movie. Um, I'm very wary of how this is going to play out, I'm, that I'm going to be subjected to, you know, 90 minutes of, you know, 90s style. Are we talking Before, before Sunrise? Sunrise, right? Yeah. That was my anxiety going into it. And I was actually really impressed, because I, I really liked Before Sunrise, because it felt like it was self-aware in its handling of Jesse's, oh, I'm too cool, but I'm also wounded and vulnerable and, you know, sweet and, you know. And naive and a bit stupid. Yeah, that's it exactly. And I think the film approached that with, yeah. a, with a maturity that was beyond Jesse at that point in his life. I would agree. That makes sense. Um, and I really liked that aspect of it and it's kind of interesting because Linklater who directed and wrote it was also at that stage in his life as well and I really like that aspect of it here I find myself less sure of that I find I think the movie maybe buys a little bit too much and too unquestioningly into certain aspects of itself um, and in it what prob- context? Um, in terms of we can get, get into it later. Yeah, we'll get into, into it later to be, to be kind of like, because it is, is quite spoilery in terms of where okay. it ends up and the emphasis that it places and how it approaches the, the themes it's dealing with. Darren's quibble zone. Yes, well, yeah, that's it exactly. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> All right, we, 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 with that in mind, will we step outside? And to be clear, I love this movie. It's incredibly well made. It's charming. The cast are great. Uh, but yeah, I did find I myself. I just have some little quibbles. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like the villain when I do that. No, no. It's, when we did you are the villain, Darren. Well, it's like when it's the thing as well where you where you really um, where you have movies that you don't like at all. 
<laughs> Did you want to gone. argue that they're not as bad as people think? <laughs> then people are attacking you. Yeah. You've movies you don't like at all? Wow. Thanks, Jake. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> Like, while I don't like this movie, I admire what it's trying to do. <laughs> oh, I better not put on my scarf, because then it would be over my... Yes, yeah. unless you want to... Oh, I can actually hear you, which is good. Oh, that's good. Oh, we got out here. Cool. It's grand. I can actually hear the, uh, the static as you drift in and out of range. See, oh. this is good. Hear the what? The static as you drift in and out of range. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that's weird. good. Can we bump we microphones together and make kind of wow sound? I like the sound of that. The sort yeah. of inception style stuff. So yeah, we're out wandering around Amien Street actually, because we thought it would be a nice idea to kind of just wander around Dublin a little bit. But yeah, so Jay, you know, amiably wander around Amien Street. Um, but Jay, what is before sunset? And being honest, maybe the entire trilogy, if you want, about for you. Um. It's, I think it's about really an understanding of the self and the idea that what life does to everyone, the, the kind of damaging aspects of it that kind of take place over a long, long period of time. And this may well continue for another six films for all we know, or oh, yeah. five films. I mean, this may go on forever or else it might not. Well, Linklater's joked about how his plan is to uh, start doing an after trilogy. Yeah, I can um, see it. And how he wants it to culminate in basically a more, where you end up with yeah. uh, Ethan Hawke euthanizing Julie Delphi. I can see it. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it's, it's a film that's really, really brutal on both characters. Like, I think Before Sunset, I think it's actually quite a dark film. Yeah. It's not the kind of compromises in life and then not being able to move on from something that seemed like it was important at the time, but then the importance only increased as time went on to the point where nobody can really live their lives because of it. Yeah, well, the moment that they're all sort of stuck in time. And again, this is the thing where... They're mired in it. And, they, and, this, and they, it only takes like... Well, we what, cross over without getting... 60 minutes or so to kind to of... Unravel everything. To unravel the whole thing. And the, the seemingly perception of each other's lives as better or good at the start of the film where, you know, you're doing great, I'm doing great. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the moment where he lies, where she's like, I didn't make it. And he's like, oh, I, I, I didn't go either. And then he reveals that yeah. he did go. Because yeah. revealing that he did go would make him vulnerable, you yeah. know? There's a lot of that going on here. And because it's a shared history... And where she... Uh, where they talk about having, having sex, where she denies that... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So there, there's a kind of a there's a nice kind of symmetry as well about that. Yeah. What I what I particularly like about particularly the start of the film uh, is that it could, and this continues into before midnight and is largely suggested in before sunrise is that Hawk hasn't really got any talent as a writer. And then like don't get me wrong, Jesse, that's, that's, by the way. Oh, right? Jesse, sorry. Yeah, Hawk does actually have a bit of talent as a writer. I've read, books, yeah, right? I've, I've read one of them and it's not bad. Um, but Jesse doesn't he like he's a bit of a hack, right? But he's a naive hack. He like he's not particularly talented, but he is he does have a certain charm. I mean not being talented as a writer never stopped Anyone. so many writers being published. Particularly male white writers, they tend to 
exist by the bookload, well, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm published. Um, yeah, but there you go, Darren. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And if you, read, you. if you read a lot of people talking, or if you listen to a lot of people, and uh, sorry, if you read if you read what people say about writing, or if you listen to people talk about writing, it's often just do it. Yeah. So there's no discouragement. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, I just, just need a piece of paper and a pen for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, I want to write, but it's no good. It's like, just do it. <laughs> Hawk like, writes this book, which because it's the only thing that's happened in his life worth a damn which it, like he does talk about the idea that he did it to find her but I think subconsciously that was there but I don't think consciously he thought it in that way until the film it's a realisation but I think he wrote it because it's the only thing that's ever really happened to him of note well, that's it, cause like he he's nothing else happened to him in his life really except constant disappointment and his son maybe that would be the other thing <laughs> Up until that point, I mean, up until a certain point, because he said he was reading it for he's writing it for about four or five years, I think, on and off. So this has been going on and thinking about it since then as well. Before that, well, again, this is the the Linklater time thing, and the film does a a number of kind of interesting things with time, where you have the idea that this one night that they spent together somehow defined them, as you pointed out, for the nine years between. But you have the idea that you know Jesse has been writing this book for you know for the bones of two to three years, so he's he's made that night last two or yeah, three yeah. years. You've also had things like the uh, you know, the discussion about how it feels like no time at all a pass yeah. between it for them and stuff Yeah, it, like seems like it, just, it seems like a couple of months ago to me yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, and again, the idea that like in the gap in between, have they lived? Have they lived in a meaningful sense? Have they actually moved on? But have the, they been defined by that? I think at a certain point, it's, it becomes very clear that they have not, yeah. either of them. And you've accepted a certain compromise and a certain thing in life that you can nearly... You can really lie to yourself to make yourself happy. And then once they meet, you realise that's absolute nonsense. And that was always nonsense. But that, that kind of realisation is quite horrible because you realise you might have pissed away a decade of your life on yeah. nothing. And Nine nothing. years. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot Sorry, to contend Hank. with. Sorry, little yeah. baby. Sorry, Hank. Hank. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good kid. As we find out later on. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. He, yeah. I mean, I suppose he could have he could have had that kid and not married. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he, he he's a he's a bit Hemingway esque, or let's oh, see, yeah. he ranks himself as a bit Hemingway esque in terms of like he a the name of his son for yeah. starters, right? And then B, the, and it, this comes more this is more alluded to before midnight, where you know she says like uh, you fancy yourself as Hemingway in bed and then the writer, and I'm afraid you're neither on neither <laughs> account. <laughs> that's when it turns increasingly bitter. Yes, but like. There's that, but that's there in this film as well. Oh, yeah, that that, he, he, his idea I of think himself he'd lose as a writer. In a fight as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think most people would lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's much of a knock against Jesse to be fair. Yeah, he's like the U.S. Bowl. <laughs> I think the, I think deep down he knows he's he's very lucky to have a book, and he's very lucky to meet somebody like her. Like he's constantly reaching up because she's she's better than he is. And she, I think she wishes she could ditch him in a way. Like she wishes, I think get she wishes that, yeah, get over him, yeah, but she can't. Yeah. And that's the kind of tragedy of it as well. Because even at the end, when they're in the car, she's like, "Oh, I'm not trying to get you. All I need now is a married man in my life." Yeah. And she's, she's not. She, she's annoyed at him. She's also annoyed at the, the kind of idea that he's incepted in her mind. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, that yeah. she can't be. She can't move uh, past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did she say? She's, she. She 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 says that the the idea that we can only be complete with another person is evil. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. But that's it. She does that. But that's Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, there's the wonderful conversation right where, she, where she's like, you know, they could have at least asked me to marry them. I would have said no, but they but could have asked. asked yeah. <laughs> um, which is great. Um, actually, I should point out to the listeners, we are a bit time boxed here because I am actually catching, I'm not actually catching a flight, I'm catching a film. Uh, I am a- catching a flight. You are I, catching a flight. <laughs> I'm not catching a flight. Uh, <laughs> At all uh, t- today, so I'm not, I'm just gonna wander around the streets by myself yeah. <laughs> for the next six hours recording a non-existent <laughs> podcast. You're the Celine of this. <laughs> I have been called a lot worse I, today. That's a fair point. She is fantastic. It's very strange that she doesn't. It doesn't. It's very strange that she doesn't concoct some reason why she is also important and has places to be. You know, the the normal human response is to say, oh, me too. I've got lots of things on that I need to... To take care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the context of going around Paris? Yeah. But but she turns up specifically at the book launch. Like, she's obviously got the afternoon off from work. Yeah, but then it's like, oh, I promised I'd see a friend. You don't make it too... I was supposed to build some wells, but I've just blown everything off. We're all in due a half day, like. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything wrong in taking a kind of afternoon off. I, I love the idea that Andrew's response is that after not showing up to the train station at six months, she needs to play harder to get. I or <laughs> that Andrew doesn't believe in HR practices and then you will leave. I suppose the other move would be to flex how much time you have free that day. Yeah. You've got yeah. nothing else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to really uh, so play into the fact that you're a catch. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Yeah. That <laughs> you have that flight to catch. Me, on the other hand. Yeah. I have no obligation whatsoever yeah. I actually also like at the start of it it's like the three people the French interviewers are the most tropey characters which I kind of like because it fits perfectly into the film and even look like the characters they're supposed to be you think they'll stay together you think that and they're like they might have a tropes with a cardboard piece of cardboard stuck in their head well the little reaction shots yeah, yeah, as yeah. well which is it's kind of and again and it, it's really really good use of locations as well and no, what I is. kind of like about the use of Paris in this as opposed to say Vienna and the previous one is that there aren't that many landmarks there. You start at Shakespeare and Company, which is a landmark yes. in there, and you see Notre Dame as they're going down yeah. the Seine. But generally speaking, yeah. it's mostly cafes and... Can I point out, though? Yeah. It's I, When I went to Paris for the second time in probably 2012 or something, 2014, I can't remember when it was, but... Did you do the walking tour? I did a walking tour of my own. My wife, who's seen the film, went, sure, why not, with a heavy sigh. <laughs> uh, we went to that cafe, we had lunch in that cafe. The food was mediocre, but whoa, okay. it was. It wasn't very good. And but we well, went to that cafe. They didn't eat there. That's a fair point. No, yeah. I know. So we were there, so I'm hungry because <laughs> I made a walk to seats to find it. Apparently, uh, it's also an hour away from Shakespeare and Company. Yeah, it is. Oh no, yeah. And I went to Shakespeare and Company, and I went to a couple of places. So, as the obsessive in me is, as my poor long-suffering wife rolled her eyes at my. Thing. It's like, yeah, but they sat here. It's like, oh, did you, did you wait for the chair? Did you wait for the like, I saw the chair, I didn't like wait for the chair. There was something cafe. sitting in No, but I was there sitting there in the cafe, drinking it all in. And did you go to Le Du Milan? Did you have an Amelie, or did you hate, uh, hate Amelie as much as. Well, Darren I, doesn't hate it. I don't mind it, but it's too twee for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I must admit, I, I did go to, uh, uh, what's it called? Le, Le Du Milan, the, the, the kind of cafe that uh, so much of it is Oh, anyway. okay. I haven't gone to Vienna yet, but it is on my list. Yeah. And you best believe I'll be doing the Vienna location store and if you, they're still there. And you can still smoke in it, like in before, before sunset. Not that you smoke, Jay. I don't. But, yeah. but I thought about starting just for the for the, the, for the, the continuing exactly. continuity. I, I love, I love Vienna the is one of the few places that you can truly yeah. relive a 90s movie. That's in. good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that Jay is basically like, you know, a sort of a Comic-Con fan 
fanboy, but for Richard Linklater movies. Like, <laughs> well, in fairness, there's only particular movies. I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be going to Texas or Slacker. Like, That's a fair point. Like, you're going to go in cosplay. <laughs> just like what do you mean going to? <laughs> I dressed as Julie Delby. <laughs> I was Celine sitting in that cafe. It was amazing, yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, and then this is the thing that I suppose then I might as well get this out of the way. My oh, kind no. of, yeah, I, I know, da Darren Downer here. Hit me with it. Where I really Don't like you to have a wife? <laughs> My you wife. Haven't, you haven't talked much about your marriage. Yeah. Really? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, well, first of all, I really, really like, we talked about this, uh, the way it's shot. And I really like, the thing that I really like about the way it's shot, and Jay kind of mentioned this, the long takes on the steady cam. Uh, where you've got the scenes of the two of them talking together as they're walking. Yeah. And what's really good about that, and what I think Dave Kerr pointed out in the LA Times, is what Linklater does is he keeps them in shot together while they're moving and while they're walking, yeah. creating a sense that, you know, while the two of them are together, they're moving. Like, as long as Constantly they're moving, moving, that's it exactly. As long as they're moving, they're together. And it's only when they sit down at the cafe or when they're on the ferry that you start getting, as you point out, these, this kind of cross-cutting between them. And they're no longer in the same shot. And when Except for in, the bench shot. That's, or even the, the driving <laughs> shot as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, like that's the sort of stuff where you don't end up with them together. And that's the point at which you have these discussions where they kind of drift apart from one another. And I quite like that aspect of it because it kind of suggests that maybe, you know, as long as they keep moving, they're okay. They're like a shark, yeah. you know? As long as soon as they stop. They are some sexy sharks, though. They are, they are some very, like, very sexy sharks. Sexy sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Something for daddy, apparently. <laughs> Something for daddy whale. Um, but no, the, like, I really, really like that aspect of it. But it gets to the bit that I'm a little uncomfortable with, which is... Passing the drill. Yeah, we, we are indeed. We're wondering down Abbey Street What's now, the bit you're uncomfortable with? I'm curious. It's, it's the way in which, I don't know, it feels like... Is it the infidelity? It's pretty much the infidelity, if we're yeah. being entirely honest. And it's the romanticization of the infidelity, and the romanticization of the uh, guy who's in his 30s running away from his family and fulfilling his dreams and, and that, not having any that's conversations. That's the extent to which it's a Rorschach test, because, like, this is a very you reaction to it. <laughs> and, and I felt it a bit as well. But what's wrong with it in the context of a film, though? I don't know, I know. Do you know what I mean? I think, where else are you going to go with this? I think the... Like, once you put obstacles, oh, obstacles have to be overcome. <laughs> I mean, this, that, isn't, this isn't Sleepless in Seattle, uh, no, where Bull 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 gives her away. Yeah, he's like, he's well, like, like yeah, you go to him, will you? And I'll walk away graciously because we can't have any sense that I'm being cheated on <laughs> by Meg Ryan. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Wow. Yeah, do you not remember that? It's really funny. Uh, Bill Bullman essentially gives her away. No, Bill Bullman tells her that she needs to leave him. tells her that she needs to leave him, which is remarkable, like two days before their wedding. It's incredible, see. It's like, what? Bill, what are you doing, you fucking idiot? Well, I mean, come on, he's Bill Pullman. Well, whatever about that. I mean, that, give me this any day of the week compared to that. Like. But anyway, no, it's, it's more along the lines of the way in which the film... Again, this is the thing with Before Sunrise, where Before Sunrise I really liked because I was like going into it and going into the Before trilogy, I was a little wary of the kind of... Uh, Oh, I'm a 20-something person and I'm like all swept up in this idea of passion and, you know, windswept romance and having a night with somebody and that night defining the rest of my life and all this sort of stuff. And I think that one of the things I liked about Before Sunrise was... That was all uh, about... The, that was so... Uh, what you were about for all your 20s. That was indeed. That was my 20s. <laughs> well, hell, you can't repeat that, though. No, no, no. no, no that, that's my issue with it, is that Before Sunset feels like it... 
for me, it feels a little less mature than Before Sunrise. Like, I, I, like Before Sunrise ends with the two of them promising to meet one another and then leaving it ambiguous as to whether or not they do and leaving it up to the audience, and which allows you to draw your own conclusions and be like, hey, you know, maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Pre-before you know. pre midnight, doesn't Before Sunset do exactly that? No, I don't, I don't think so. Baby, you're going to miss your flight. Yeah. I found it ambiguous. Okay. I did as well, but yeah. I saw it first, certainly. I mean, yeah. and then it's obviously foreshadowed then yeah. with Before Midnight and exact, yeah, you, knowing exactly what, where it goes. what took place. But uh, when I saw it the first time, there's a presumption okay. that he did, but I think there's not any guarantee that he did. Okay. But, uh, but again, to, to get back to the thing that kind of makes me a little uncomfortable is the fact that it's... It's always been a fantasy I associate with a younger person. This idea that, you know, you, you meet somebody, you have instant chemistry with them, you click and love Le just Leaving works. your wife is a fantasy associated with married <laughs> that's, people. That's, yeah. a fair, that's, a fair that's also true. Uh, <laughs> not yeah, all married people. Not all, married people. Yeah, you hashtag not all men <laughs> married men. <laughs> just to put that in there yeah. for okay. avoidance of doubt. <laughs> hey, I said people. I could be talking about yeah, your spouse. <laughs> I hope you're not. You can talk. But I hope you're not right. <laughs> to, to be to be to be entirely fair, though, the movie does as Celine repeatedly. Oh, sorry. Jeez, thank you. Um, but as the movie repeatedly points out, and as Celine repeatedly points out, the film very consciously avoids the whole "you're married" thing. You can see the ring in his hands, and to be fair to Link later, but she knows he's married. No, and she, he yeah. knows she knows he's married. I, I know. It just I don't know. It but just, it's avoidance of conversation because if is, you yes. if you get into the conversation, then. You're admitting that that's a this is not friends catching up. Yeah. And that's that's the essence essence of the film, which is why it takes so long for them to get into anything like that. Well, he's. I mean, in fairness, he's like, uh, come sit on top of me and have sex with me. Yeah, yeah. This is fun, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, he's, he's having sex less than most monks, though, in fairness. <laughs> but it's okay. He just needs to go off and join a monastery, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but again, that, that's the thing, is that where it feels like it has that kind of like youthful fantasy of just throw up and blow up everything in your life, yeah. run away and get a happy married. And to be fair, Before Midnight uh, does... That like, scares you though, doesn't it? Does it scare me? I don't know if it scares me so I much as it... it does, Darren. I don't know. Like I, but, uh, like, like, I had a problem with it too. Okay. Kind of, uh, but, 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 but I think... I'm not precisely sure what, what problem you've had though. I don't think it's very clear. I mean, okay, so... No, but like an existential thing of, of like, I could be with somebody that I'm like committed to and has ostensibly committed to me and then all of a sudden they just kind of like... Disappear. Yeah, But that yeah. doesn't one in three marriages end in divorce in the I, US? I, know, I mean, I, these things happen though, right? I know, and like, again, this is the thing so where like... So I don't understand the issue in that regard. And again, this no, is the thing where Jesse no. is in... So, like, Jesse, Jesse is, is in... Jesse is in so and, 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 and before midnight really doubles down yes, on that. Yes, and before sunrise as well makes yeah. it very clear. But well. he's very naive, whereas yeah. he's older and he shouldn't be like that still. Yeah. But he's still like that. And he's like that another nine years later. Yeah. Oh, to no. an element. And and I think that like my issue with Before Sunset is that the film kind of takes his side a great deal. It doesn't oh, like Oh, it... it doesn't though. Really? It doesn't. Yeah, okay. No no no. He's not quite, have a marriage story wife, type conversation. No, no, no. About I it, think but... the film is very clear, in my opinion, from minute one of sun sunset of the kind of person he is in a lot of ways. He's idealistic for sure, and he definitely, absolutely loves the person he's talking to. However, he's also, and I, and I mentioned Hemingway in that regard, the kind of great romantic writer Who oh, isn't ideal. that great. Yeah, and like, you know, a lot of the men he's admired, yeah. and these kind of weirdly, traditionally strange ideas he has of what men are supposed to be. He's like, in all fairness, he's what? 
early 30s in this yeah. like I knew Jack my early 30s so all I can tell you is that that seems accurate to me that you still and then 10 years ago geez I was an idiot or maybe 20 years later you don't realise you're an idiot or maybe you never realise it that's fair Some people I, don't realise it that's the point like that's fair and I mean obviously it is it's mitigated by like before moonlight before moonlight before midnight um, and yeah. they actually have the opening scene of before midnight actually goes the hassle of actually illustrating the consequences of what yes. Jesse does yeah. but at the same time it feels like this movie and again this is the thing where it's like do you talk about it as a single film? Do you talk about it as part of a trilogy? I think I think it's, it's self-contained. Yeah. Personally, but it helps you. It's enriched or whatever by yeah, the kind of by to it. Yeah. And again, yeah, I don't know. That, that that's kind of the thing for me. That's that's my kind of problem with it is that it feels a little bit more. Oddly enough, it feels more like a man in his twenties story than before sunrise. But does. men in the thirties are like men in their twenties, though. <laughs> that's like there's no great wisdom at thirty-one or thirty-two. Like to my mind. Like wisdom, if it ever comes, for me certainly it would be late thirties, uh, moving towards forty. And I mean proper wisdom, where you realise that you're not a, you might have been a bit of a fucking idiot, and now you're probably not as bad, and you've mellowed or whatever the thing is. But I don't think that hits a thirty. I mean thirty is no different to twenty-five. You're a man in a lot of ways. I remember some ways it's not, but some ways, or a lot of ways it is. I remember being in my mid twenties, telling people about how glad I was, about how much I had kind of grown up and kind of but matured and how many lessons I learned and how yeah. how resilient I had become. And I guess that's kind of true, but it seems it silly. True, but it does, when you look it. back, it always yeah. the case. You're always growing and you're always evolving to a certain point. Yeah. But I, I don't think, the point you think you're at is never quite the point you maybe A, should be at, or B, are mentally prepared for in some ways, depending on what, what you're in. You could have four kids, you could have whatever you have. Like there's, like, People wing it as parents, people wing it as in relationships, but that don't really know what they're doing yeah. half the time. Like these things exist constantly. Yeah. Like, he, like he shouldn't be married to somebody he doesn't love. That's quite clear. He knows that himself. Like it's it's a mistake and a big one. It is, but at the same time, he made that commitment. He did, but again, commitments again, get broken all the time, though. And, and again, there's parts where, like, again, Jesse, in, you know, we've talked he, about how he's, he's an meant imperfect to be, person. And no, like. he's an imperfect person. He's meant to be slightly irritating. But there's moments where he's talking about how, like, I just did what society expected of me, man. And I'm like... But he's of that generation, though. Well, yeah, well, that, that's the, the irony of it. Yeah. Isn't it? Throw it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that kind of... I'm going to buy into your sister. <laughs> yeah. But they were both like that in Before Sunrise. Yeah. They're both kind of uh, paranoid of the societal... Particularly Sleen, who's still like that all the way through three films, who hates the kind of distrustful of systems and that kind of thing that never ends. But they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the name of the cat, Shay? <laughs> no, Biggie. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, again, that, that's a sort of... That is something that kind of is interesting. Well, I'd be interested to see had you, if you watch it again, whether that'll level out for you. Because, whether over time yeah whether because, I, I blow up my own life in my mid-30s and i'm right. like yep actually i can kind of see it now we've all done dumbass things oh, well, no, I, we I certainly have. have we have and i've have. done it at ages where i really should have known better so i can i've i've an element of uh, empathy for him in that regard the fact that he doesn't quite look inward enough is a problem but that's his and character a, and yeah. and that problem reaches to some degree a very wobbly conclusion in the following film and what that brings because he's an idiot in a lot of ways. I like him. I think he's a certain well, amount I mean, of charm. Yeah. But he's an idiot. And I mean, again, like, he doesn't really want to learn. Perfect. He doesn't yeah. want to grow up. Yeah. And and again, it just it yeah. I suppose that's the irony of the, the passage of time. The idea that nothing's yeah. actually changed. He hasn't actually grown. But he had neither of them have moved on. But she was she was more mature even in Back before then, sunrise. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he hasn't moved on and he hasn't really matured because he's refused to face the fact that he's living a lie. 
Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. You get the feeling as well that even if he is... No, sorry. This isn't an excuse. This isn't excusing us. This, this is making it kind of... This, this is the opposite of excusing it. I get the sense that not only will he be unfaithful to his wife with her, but he probably has oh, before. No, knowing the kind of person he, well, there's he an is. Well, there's an inference early in the film hey, where when she... When sorry, I'm Darren is being distracted by food. Um, <laughs> that tends to be the way. Have you not seen this place? No, no. I, I don't that's know. Not, all chicken places are available. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow there's, yeah there's uh, yep okay cool sorry I've never um, been but there is a point where he says when he's explaining that you know they were together then they broke up then they got together then they broke up there's a point that they were probably cheating on each other by the sounds of it in that in that in that early days and then she got pregnant on one of their get back togethers right he wasn't with her but just didn't tell her that he wasn't with her <laughs> but that, that could have been we happened, were on a break yeah, yeah. I mean that ultimate could he as a character and... have cheated sure I think yeah, I think yeah. that's absolutely fact I, I do but so I, you do get the sense. But yeah, I think there's a sense that they're the Bowden have tried to find about. love and known deep down they're not going to find it. Yeah. Yeah. And being sort of frustrated by that. But they make a joke like you know at this stage I I suspect you've stuck it into so many people it's going to fall off. Do you know what I mean? They make that joke where it's a, a, a bit of whole yeah, yeah yeah exactly. They make that point that they've been literally physically and mentally searching for what they had and lost. never managed to get yeah. access. And exactly. it, it's it's a strange kind of an impulse to want characters in a movie to to be kind of virtuous. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I, I, I don't and I, and I don't want that because I don't think no. they are and I don't think they were from minute one of the first film. And again, like at, at the risk of sounding like a cranky old man shaking his fist in the sky about the breakdown of society you're, or something crazy like that. You're Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it's, it's... Less racism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks Hopefully. for that, Andrew. <laughs> we, can, we, can oh, wow. <laughs> we cross over in Temple Bar, are we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, who doesn't love Temple Bar? That's where you go from set in Dublin, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. I hate. I'd hate the idea of one oh, set of numbers because Mark's. I can imagine the terrible places they end up in. This one's actually perfect. <laughs> They well, should always made a sequel called Twice, right? <laughs> they should have absolutely made it. Well, you know, Once was on the list, actually. Once actually made yeah. the 250, which is remarkable. I love the... Uh, supposed to star Killian Murphy, originally. <laughs> and really? they dropped out, yeah. Oh, wow. They had the, that... Oh, because he was in a band in yeah, court. Yeah, 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 like, that's before it. Before he became an he actor. He was. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a lot of actors, I guess. They... they yeah, that's exactly it. He was, yeah. So, yeah. so, we, so we've had her before Sunrise in that regard. And... Yeah, I remember the graffiti where they amended the, the poster for once to spell out Ponce. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite funny. Never let it be said. with a guitar, like, kind of walking down the street, and I said, Ponce. Um, <laughs> amazing. We've digressed. But yeah, so, that's the hate me bridge for you. Just a little bit, yeah. We're literally crossing over. And then the, the camera's going to cut to the other side and we're on the Georgian Square somewhere. <laughs> and <laughs> it's grand yeah. of the tradition. This isn't, uh, this isn't hate. Haywire. Uh, Haywire is geographically, geographically accurate. Yeah. And I, and I watched it very closely. Um, the best part about Haywire is where they pause or oh, watch Come out there. the Jay. back of places. And yeah. you're like, oh, that's what the back of that place looks, looks like. like. <laughs> uh, or that's what the roof looks like. There's yeah. a moment in the middle of Haywire where they pause an action scene so they can both get in a taxi and then hop over to uh, Grafton Street, basically. They actually yeah. stop the action scene in the middle, hop in a taxi and then continue it rather than just using cutting to get around it, which <laughs> I really loved about it. Oh, yeah, I do like it also. Uh, but yeah, back to uh, back to before, yes. uh, eventually before sunset. Kind of interesting 
interesting about the passage of time, and this is one of the things that I've noticed in discussions of it, um, and it's kind of interesting to look back, because obviously Before Sunrise is, what, 25 years ago now to make us all feel old? Jesus! 95? Yeah, 95. Christ I remember, on a we'll bike. Head on in here and see how this goes. But uh, I remember actually watching it and it being, and we talked about it last year, it being a very 90s film down to, you know, the cast. Down of, to the hair. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the 90s surfer look, eat the hair. Yeah, he's a kind of like a grunge. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. trained, it's almost literally off reality bites. That's it, exactly. Uh, where he Hulk was the, the Gen X kind of uh, pinup. Yeah, the representative uh, of, the, of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Hawk is the perfect 90s slacker. Well, uh, yeah, he. With his he, jeans and his, you know, kind of casual goatee. Little goatee. I mean, who who he doesn't was, hate goatees, right? He was a bit exactly. up after River Phoenix style. Yeah, Remember, he, he picked on, up the slack. He was on Inside the Actor Studio and he was <laughs> saying like, oh, it's terrible. All these roles that went up for it's River Phoenix again. Hawk <laughs> is a gr- gives great value for interviews. As well. Oh yeah, he's he very was, funny. He was being hilarious. Yeah, like, kind of. I like him a lot. He's very indiscreet yeah. as well, which <laughs> which really helps. Yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, it wasn't he the one who gave the famous, you know, uh, being trapped. Oh, no, well, it's the greatest actor of his generation. Yeah, but he did. Also, yeah. also the, the, the trapped at Sundance. I can understand the counterintuitive nature of it. Like. Yeah. But also the, the trapped at Sundance, you know, the worst thing in the world is yeah. being an actor trapped at Sundance. Like, the canapes aren't delivered on time. <laughs> Fair, I, I actually, I, I'm, the I'm a day beast we... when the, the canapes show up late, though, so I can, I can totally go with him on that. By the fifth day, we turned on the lesser tours. <laughs> When they, when Whoa. they, when, oh, when, isn't that when annoying? It's like they've recognized yeah. you and, and they go around you all the time, you can't kill Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really irritating, actually. Um, Hashtag. Oh. First world problems. <laughs> what, um, what I do find interesting, though, about like before uh, sunset in this context, uh, is the idea that uh, is the way that the the film basically doesn't seem as steeped in a particular time as before. No, so it's, it's it's a bit kind of classical. Well, yeah. was that? Uh, and Paris Hilton. I think. <laughs> well, that, that's that's interesting because when we got to the millennium, everyone's all like '90s nostalgia. Is nostalgia going to look like? What is what is this period of time actually going to look like? And you know, everyone's like, well, there's nothing specific about the '90s. Kurt Anderson in uh, Vanity Fair was like, yeah, nothing to remember about the '90s. Just the '80s continued, and now we obviously live in an industry, you know, time where the Spice Girls are getting back together, New Kids on the Block are getting back together, and so on and so forth. But um, this one are, doesn't. Are New Kids on the Block getting back together? Yeah, but it's, it's the old short. Kids on the Block. Now. That's fair. Uh, yeah, including with Donnie. No, no, Mark, 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 Marky's out. Don, Donnie's in. I was, you know, we, Donnie's we, not doing anything We better. were at the point the other day. Donnie just got out of prison. <laughs> he's even ready for it. I don't, no, I don't no, know if he's being in prison. And by prison. He looks like he's being in prison. And by prison, we mean the TV show Blue Buds. Blue Buds, their no, contract is I very hard. <laughs> at least one of the Wahlbergs had to have been in prison at one point. Well, yeah, you have Wahlburgers, right? It's yeah. got to be some sort of Walter Walter Wahlburgers. <laughs> Um, but, but well, yeah, we 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 saw that the Jonas Brothers, the, sorry, yeah. the Jonas Brothers, were playing in the point, and we were saying that'd be like when we were that age, going to see New Kids on the Block. I did not go Seemingly see New Kids that, on the Block. I no, just but point that out for the like, record. Like if if we were teeny boppers, we would be going to see kind of like you know whatever is in the charts. Yeah. Why are the Jonas Brothers still the thing that kids <laughs> are going to? I've no but, idea. I mean, I think I think at this point they've cycled back around to being a nostalgic hit. 
I think that they've already been out. They're not like still hip. I think it's more that they're now a nostalgic thing. Which is Although, remarkable. It was dads dropping their kids to see them, which was strange. That was my screening of 1917, by the way. Full of dads who were waiting for their kids to get out of Jonas Brothers, which is probably the perfect way I'd, to experience it. I think I'd rather it. that than 1917, <laughs> but, uh, Harsh. But it is interesting how uh, Before Sunset is, is very much like ambiguous in terms of time. It doesn't yeah. feel like it exists in it a different world. It doesn't tune into anything around the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, other than generic stuff. Yeah, they do the that's, about, that's about the most political or anything it gets yeah, into. Because, I mean, uh, Peter Bradshaw mentioned it, and I think a writer working at the Los Angeles Times discussed it as well, the idea that, like... It's a very anti-French time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's it exactly. You would think that two people who had lived in New York meeting up in Paris would want to talk in some way about or around right. 9-11. Um, yeah. I'm really, really, really glad they didn't. Yeah, well, I mean, it's For kind of... For many a... reasons, mostly because... <laughs> It'll age terribly and badly and look awful about 15 years from the later. But also, yeah, in the context of like 2004, did we have enough distance to do that yeah. properly? And wouldn't they just make a terrible joke about this? <laughs> I, I don't imagine, I can imagine, I don't imagine before sunset being cast. I suspect he, but he doesn't have too much interest because he says it when he, it's just the last day on earth, like kind of thing. I'd probably drop the environment <laughs> uh, in right. terms of conversation. And I think if it was a political thing, he would have dropped the political thing as well. Yeah. And it felt like New York as well was a choice that was very kind of like, well, where would they be? Yeah, and I yeah. suppose like Julie Delpy actually was kind of a, a yeah. Yeah, she was. But, she went to university in New York as well. Exactly. So I don't think New York, I might be wrong, but I don't think New York means much to Richard Linklater. No, probably not. Well, he's from Austin, Austin, yeah. Austin. But even, yeah. even uh, she says to him, uh, you're from Texas, like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to try New York. Like he tries on stuff because right. he, can, he doesn't read because he can. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, he makes, he makes, Quite a few films, actually. It's quite prolific, relatively speaking, compared to the auteurs of oh, his generation. Oh, he's doing out, like. Yeah, which uh, is... Uh, and you get some really shocking ones, but some really, really good ones. I mean, you know, School of Rock is a masterpiece, right? School of Rock's great. Uh, it is great. The no, it is. I really Boys is not... <laughs> <laughs> Who <laughs> remembers that? No one. But that's it was, who. School of Rock was the one that allowed him to get this made, which I kind of adore. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, in terms of 9-11, though, like, despite... Really? The fact, yeah. It, well, I mean, it was a Jack was Black a movie hit. that everybody loved and made a shed load yeah. of money. There's a point at which that gives More you the... More like this, please. That <laughs> <laughs> was not being a sequel. That's right. Um, it should wait, wait for it. it. Wait. But there's 20. Though, wasn't it? <laughs> um, As in the yeah, yeah, School of EDM is what yeah. we're waiting for now. Um, but yeah, no, but in terms of the 9-11 stuff, it's kind of interesting because you do get the Freedom Fries thing, but you also get her boyfriend being a war photographer. And yeah, Ethan Hawke... Her boyfriend's a war photographer. Her, yes. Yeah, and Ethan Hawke is like, you know, ah, a lot of them getting killed right now. Interesting yeah. how that is. So you do get little shades of it bleeding in, but I think but I think that's just about enough. Yeah. Uh, anymore, and you would be into kind of really dated kind of political nonsense, personally. But, you know, I can understand why they kept away from it. Yeah. And I think it kind of, it's interesting because For it does... people who are so kind of, especially her, so politically engaged, like she kind of... It refers to things obliquely as if to try to make it timeless. And he doesn't yeah. want any part of it. Yeah. <laughs> But she's like, when he says, I think, I think, you know, things aren't look well right now. And she's like, look, I know your book's selling well. <laughs> you read I think they're going great. <laughs> it must be amazing being a white guy, right? This, yeah, this is the debate that still rages. Yeah. Between, oh, like, oh, we're passing the Olympia Theatre. Who's playing tonight? There's some young people. Copperface Jackson about... musical is on, apparently. Oh, I've no. been to see that. Actually. No, you I got, haven't. I think, but they I, got, it, yeah. I think I got discounted tickets. Um, Jay is just gasping. Um, so Sigala. Who's Sigala? I have no idea. I'm going to Google You're it. so old. You're I so took somebody who had much better taste than I did. And <laughs> I, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm always taking you to these things. 
It's just that these are the things that come up <laughs> in my emails. Like next. a subsidy, yeah. He's an English DJ, Sagala so for ah. everybody. There you go. That's pretty ah. cool. So, you like so there's lots of young people there. That's it. We were hipping with the kids. Um, we're no, now. we were not there. <laughs> we walked past them and he dismissed us as 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we, we both kind of we squinted and raised our glasses. We did a yeah. little bit. I did do that. Um, but yeah, we're wandering up Dame Street now, actually, in case anybody wants to chart this wall. If anybody God wants to know Darren will name the nice food joints that you can... I, uh, I know. There, I haven't passed a ch uh, chicken place in quite a while, actually. It's um, <laughs> It really, really is. Um, but no, this is, this is nice. But in terms of uh, before sunset, as uh, before sunset then, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything that we haven't discussed already with regards to it? Um, I like the way that, oh, what, what you get towards the end, this kind of raw kind of uh, desperate intimacy that oh, kind of the, takes the place. Oh, the when they really start, when they get the, the boat is really the, the moment where it yeah. happens. The moment where she wants to touch... Yeah, yeah, and, and then pulls back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then pulls, uh, that was heartbreaking. And it, it's a it's a mirror of a similar sequence in before uh, sunrise, before where sunrise he does he does the back end of a tram. The tram. He does yeah. something similar. Yeah. He reaches and then kind of pulls and back. The, even you're right about the boat though. There's the, there's that shot where he stands up and is like, "Why weren't you there?" And the camera kind of starts turning and then it cuts between the two of them on it, which is really beautiful moment. Like it's really beautiful shot going under the bridges, that kind of shadow across yeah. their faces and stuff. But like it's the moment where I think they both acknowledge what's going to happen is yeah. going to happen. It's the moment where he goes, "Oh, if only you'd been there." Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, which is kind of the moment at which everything turns. And he literally does. The, the, the dynamic between them shifts. Yeah, because he, he says moves. it. Yeah, and he says, like, uh, when he was going to get married, I, t I swear I saw you open an umbrella on whatever street. I said, like, I live down the corner from there. He's like, he's like, you see? Yeah. Um, and again, like, it, it, one of the lines that has actually aged quite well is the moment oh, Julie Delpy Notre staring Dame. at Notre Dame. I was about yeah. to say, Julie yeah. Delpy staring at Notre Dame. Julie Delpy staring at Notre Dame. Yeah, and, go and going basically, uh, yeah. We have to imagine that someday Notre Dame won't be there. Yeah. Uh, which is, again, one of those lines that is really, really pathetic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it, it is. And again, it, it kind of, again, you that's the point at which you start seeing the two of them in the same shot together yeah. being static. So you see them in the backseat of the car, which is, again, that's the point where you get the tension. Yeah. Because you get the moment where she wants the car to stop. She wants to get out. She wants to yeah. leave. And, and there's a question of if that happens, is that it? Are they done? You know, which I think is an interesting... I, I watched this last night again for probably about the seventh or eighth time I've seen it. Uh, and I don't know if the Criterion <laughs> box set, I'll, I'll get to them again. But that, that towards that kind of last 20 minutes, 25 minutes, is I, I find it very emotional. I find it very... I tear up pretty much every time I watch it, even though I know it's coming and I know what happens and I know where they're going to go and everything. But I still find it very, very uh, moving and sad and nice and yeah. kind of it actually frayed, like, again this is the thing where it's, it's remarkably well constructed for a film that as andrew describes looks like a very typical american indie yeah like yeah it's incredible the nice thing about it i think and like like i said it earlier on as if it was a kind of a criticism because i was thinking kind of like oh how naturalistic is it it looks it's it's a sequel to an indie movie and it's still indie oh um like it it definitely has that feel. What time is it actually? Because my hands are kind of full. Um, yeah. Do we know what time it is? Uh, the time currently is six thirty. Oh, plenty, cool. plenty of time. That's grand. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to catch that screening of Emma. Yes, I am. That's the difference between me and Jesse in a nutshell. 
It's like, Jesse won't catch a flight back to the US. I am not going to miss a screening of uh, a new you, year. You really are the better man here. <laughs> I think so, in the grand scheme of in things. In the grand scheme of things, would I miss a flight or miss a screening for Julie Doughty? You that's, bet your that's ass That's a fair point. That is a very fair point. And again, like, that's the thing is that the way that it's structured, despite that you point out, it looks like an indie. And it does look very... Yeah, you know, it is a bit more, like, I'm not going to say... What is polished? It absolutely yeah. is. Like again, Link later as a filmmaker. filmmaker. That's it. That Nine point, yeah. years as a director uh, will tend He's to do much that. more seasoned visually. Like that's it exactly. It's, it's a much more visually interesting film. You get the long takes, but the Steadicam, the use of Steadicam to film these is remarkable as well. Yeah. It still has that kind of soft feel to it. It doesn't yeah. feel too kind of sharp. Yeah. No. And I mean, and which one, is nice. And one of the things that I that's like. That's what you want. Yeah, and, and even though that's true, and this is what I really love about it, is that it has the best of both worlds approach, where it's the stuff that Jay described, where the last act actually is a last act, where it keeps ratcheting up the tension. Because, I mean, you know, there's the early bit where they go to the cafe, and it's like the cafe, there's no real stakes there. We have, like, just a light conversation. Then we go she, to the park. And... She's lying as well about having this apartment because she clearly lives with her parents. <laughs> her parents <laughs> come outside. The, 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 they were actually Judy parents. Her actual parents. parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know it's sort of like low stakes kind of stuff and then at the park it gets a bit more intimate but it is in that final 20 minutes where you're like please don't leave you know where the yeah. film actually creates a surprising amount of tension for what's well, two people talking well, he's, he's like oh we can give we can get on this boat then we can give you a lift I can walk into your apartment I can yeah. go to your apartment I can never leave uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will be here forever yeah um, and the awkward realisation that she's just trying to make him comfortable she's just being polite yeah um, and it's really just and then you get to the song yes which is again a beautiful moment because yeah because it's like um but it's it's, the, it's we want her down or up which way we going uh down is probably easier let's, I think. Go, let's go down here uh <laughs> like that we'll just amble in the direction of gravity um, um, yeah no there is that kind of thing where it's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. it's an articulation of you know or summation of the film in some ways like yeah, well not only that it's a nice mirroring because yeah. you have the realisation that he wrote this book about his experience yeah. with her and she wrote the song and she wrote the song yeah. and again she wrote three songs Delphi wrote three songs yeah. for the film as well yeah. which is quite impressive again how what much about of, a cat what I'm one about a cat, cat. <laughs> that's fair that's what's one of the little uh, little videos on the disc and Delphi is saying like when she got the, the there was a bare bones script and she sent uh, Enoch like I think 50 pages about his kind, her kind of life yeah. to interpret yeah. in the way that the, the car, she saw the character which kind of melded herself a little bit in, in autobiographical sense and I think he probably did similar and you end up with that kind of the, these two people know each other very well oh, yeah. both, both off screen and on screen well the three of the them real, I mean like the real yeah, the shame about the movie is that they didn't do a Gattaca <laughs> and, and, and get together and uh, the movie even sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, well I mean again I would is, watch it <laughs> it's great when you read interviews with the three of them and you know they're like so how, how would you describe your off screen personalities and relationship as compared to the film and Delphi's always first in there I mean very clear we have not been physical intima physically intimate yeah. that's the line we're drawing here <laughs> um, which is fair and I think it's worth drawing but you know <laughs> yeah, if you then, are going down that autobiographical doubt. route yes to be absolutely yeah, yeah. Je, uh, maybe Ethan Hawke is more like Jesse where you're like ah yeah yeah we, can I, can I ask know. have you both seen Before Midnight 
I have I, not. I have. I watched it this week. Actually. Okay. Did you? What did you think of it? Just said. I like it a lot better. I don't. I, I, but I, okay. I, I don't. I don't. I do. Really this is like no it. surprise, by the way. It's as a Spectre, not at all surprised I that feel, I liked it a great I feel deal like better. Aaron likes it, yeah, because I haven't seen it, but I imagine this kind of like you see the consequences of, <laughs> but of not following your responsibilities. Yeah. It's a harsher <laughs> film in lots of ways. Like but, me, you know. I think you called me a low-key nihilist at one point, Jay. Oh, that, that does sound like some might say. Um, but the the thing that put me off the third film a little bit and it's the only, it's it's the meal scene uh with the groups okay. the representative scenes that n- yeah. neither two films have and what this is, that one doesn't sorry. need what is reptile haven uh, it's probably like a store that sells reptiles because remember they were very yeah. big a couple of years ago I thought you said reptile hating <laughs> there's a group <laughs> of reptiles that hate, hate, hate on well, reptiles well no because a, a couple of years ago and I, know, I don't know if it's international or just in Ireland there was a huge thing about uh, getting like snakes and lizards and stuff and as exotic pets um, and in fact we actually my aunt um, owned two lizards um Picard and Janeway. So she was a kind of black marketeer in, in the yeah, lizard front. That, that's exactly what I said, Jay. Uh, <laughs> not at all a misrepresentation of my yeah. point. Um, <laughs> we called her the reptile queen of North Dublin. Beautiful, um, beautiful title. Stephen yeah. Howard will run with that yeah. when she's eventually nabbed. Yeah. Um, Make her look tough when she's running her crime empire. Yeah. <laughs> and it all came tumbling down because of a podcast. A true crime podcast? No, just two guys talking about movies. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. Again, the, the thing with Before Midnight is pretty much that, what, what, what Andrew said, which is the... Uh, and again, this is the thing where it's hard to separate me from the movie, yes. which is appropriate given that the whole point of doing the, the Two Guys Die Alone, which was Andrew's original idea for a podcast. Yeah. Ooh, yep, let's head this way. You're going to lighthouse anyway, aren't you? I am heading to the lighthouse anyway, so I might as well, yeah, that makes sense. Watch out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, if I get killed on this last moment. If I died on a podcast, it seemed actually appropriate, right? <laughs> I, want, I want the eulogy at the end if I do. I just Jay's that literal last breath captured on the podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll try not to kill you. We're what a beautiful are. moment that would be. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's the stuff that Andrew said. It is the facing of consequences, which again, yes. it's something that I, you associate with being older and more mature. Well, uh, and again, yeah. I guess maybe, again, this is where Andrew's probably right. I am a bit of a cynic at heart where I'm like, you know, they're in their 30s now. They should act like adults. They should Isn't have responsible good jobs. That you have a person. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Well, think of you're very dangerously close to Leah Bracker territory now. There. Wh- okay. Wow. Careful. Remember, he said Tony Tim should have a job. That's all I'm saying. That's it. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is right. Think, think like when I was watching before uh, sunset. Before sunset. Right. I kept thinking about Jesse's wife. Right. Jesse's wife has put up with the humiliation of Jesse spending four years of his life in which they raised a son together, in which they were married, writing about a and one night won't stand. Fuck me. <laughs> That's also a fair yeah, point. It's like, why? Well, I, I wonder why. <laughs> but like, she spent four years of him living with this book, touring with this book, and you have to imagine that if like the French journalists in Shakespeare and Company are asking, is it based on true events? Did it happen? That you know, this thing has been going on all along. Or, or, and this is also perfectly in character for Jesse. He's been like, no, I just, I just made it up. In which case, she will find out at the same time he divorces her that actually he didn't make it up and uh, this French journal has a really good interview but he does he does put a thing where he says uh, you know it's kind of a composite character actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, made, you made me I mean her more neurotic yeah, yeah. Um, but again like that again this is maybe Darren being no fun and Darren being cynical and Darren being like grumpy but I, I couldn't help being drawn to that image you know the idea that you know 
he had agreed to raise a person with her and had done all this stuff and she had presumably yeah, but it, what tolerated all of this. What? But is he supposed to stay with her forever out of duty? No, not out of duty, but it it's a conversation a, he has with her, not a conversation he has with Celine is my argument. You were very, you were very... People like, have conversations with other people about their relationships all the time. Right. I mean, you were very careful to defend kind of... Scarlett Johansson's kind of well, that's quite different, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The marriage story is a very different. Oh no, I don't. Uh, pro- uh, yes, set of, I have very specific sorry. set of problems yeah, yeah, in marriage yeah, yeah. story. Um, and again, yeah. I, I wouldn't like that's again. a directorial choice rather yeah. than a. But, and, 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 but, but but what I mean is, you weren't kind of um, yeah. like. Yeah, no, I'm like. They, I, I genuinely like divorce is a good thing, particularly if two people aren't happy yeah, together. Yeah. My argument isn't that you know he made a vow he should stay there forever. Right, um, right, that's not right. my argument here. My argument here is that like his conversation about how dissatisfied he is with his marriage is a conversation that he should be having with his wife. Well, not- are you suggesting that people don't have conversations about how dissatisfied with their marriage outside of their marriage? I don't know. That happens a lot. No, it does a lot. And again, this is the thing where you know representation is not endorsement and stuff like that. But like, and again, I can the film. And it's maybe better to have these conversations yeah. with somebody. <laughs> sometimes before having yes. it with the, at least you yeah. can get your perspective yeah yeah okay maybe maybe when I say conversation I don't mean going up to her room and presumably staying there forever no you can have a conversation you can go to a cabin like the Right. In right. terms of drawing lines. So you're like, saying they shouldn't be having sex? Yes. Or, right. you know, I would but, argue maybe emotional intimacy. Again, this is, again, it's all a very broad it, line. It's it's a very yeah, personal but it, in subjective. In filmic terms and in character terms, oh, yeah. it works perfectly. It does, it does. And again... But, but surely that's all that matters then. And again, like I think Before Midnight does an excellent job of kind of bringing it back and kind yeah. of exploring the consequences of that. Like, quite literally, there's a moment where Celine asks, why does she still hate me after all these years? And you're like, really, Celine? Uh, I know it's not actually your fault. I'm not blaming you at all. It's Jesse's fault. No, but all these years is a fair question. Th- things well, we get, should get, get out of the, the, the loudest traffic. Yes, we should get away from the loudest traffic. So we'll you cross, cross over. over to the. Are you the you're going side. to the lighthouse? I am heading to the lighthouse. So that's, yeah. Cool. Um, we'll go over to the fourth floor. Unfortunately, there's not a, a Nina Simone song saying, "Baby, you're gonna miss that Universal Picture screening." Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe again, maybe I'm being just a little bit grumpy, a little bit kind of contrarian. And again, I do like that before midnight deals with the fallout. It's the, my issue is that they didn't know for a fact they were going to make before midnight when they made this, and so there was a chance. They, that they, they might well have known. If you're in, going into a second film, Ebert put in his review that he, he presumably imagines he'd be doing this every ten years, quite perceptively in 2004 when he wrote about it. Yeah, like the the sort of and up as series. As two series, yeah. he compares it. Yeah. Yeah, he, like he explicitly compares it to them. Yeah. I suppose. I suppose. But it, again, I'd, it, I'd be amazed if they didn't consider it. Considering the type of filmmaker Linklater is, I suspect they were going back at some point at a spe- unspecified future date. And do we think that we will get a, uh, you know, after midnight? I think we'll get another film. I, I, I think we'll get several more. And I think they may be very different things to what we've had. Well, I mean, just like, you know, just like Before Midnight is a very different thing than the first and two. I think the first After two... Midnight, After Sunset, After Sunrise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then sort of symmetry. And again, it's worth noting, I really like, in structural terms, the symmetry of the film. So, like, the last film ends with a montage of these... Is it a shared universe, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, where... where you bump into Hawk's <laughs> character from, uh, from uh, the movie made over ten years. Yeah, Boyhood, I remember, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a remarkable that's, piece of... Uh, kind that's of his alternate branching self. Um, turns out he had a twin brother all along. Uh, but I actually really like the structural aspect of it. So the the first film before, uh, sorry, before Sunrise ends with a montage of the places where they've been all night. Yes. 
And I really like that because that's like, and now these places are empty and now yeah. there are places where you store memories and everything is kind of, you know, that, the, the impermanence of love, so to speak. And Sunset does the And Sunset does the exact opposite, where it opens with shots of the places before they've arrived, as if to say these are the places that are going to be filled with love. Which where, I, where, I, else are we, where else could he possibly have been gone? That's it. That's, yeah. Again, that, that discussion of fate and stuff like that. And the, the question of like, are they meant to end up together? Are you okay? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should joke like you're Andrew's also drawing his last breath <laughs> on the podcast in a stunning uh, scenario where I thought I was gone. It's a, it's a very sharp left turn. Yeah, what if the movie was like, um, I really have to go to the toilet? Oh, the film is, uh, well, the we film is like the Final Destination series. film does off one by one. We will, we will on Mike Andrew before he heads to the bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we won't provoke a Leslie Nielsen incident to have a naked gun. Or is it Neil Patrick Harris, isn't it? Well, there was a naked gun had it. So yeah. But Frank Jeffin goes to the bathroom. But like Neil Patrick Harris singing. actually did it a motivational talk when oh, he went okay. to the bathroom and the mic was turned on. Beautiful. Um, oh, it's a, um, it's a jinx now, isn't it? You know, the... the oh, yes, 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 yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Enough Red Durst. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you saw The Fanatic, right? We'll get to that. <laughs> we, That's oh, a wow. podcast extra. <laughs> when we get to the, the recommendations. Um, so, yeah, so I think we've, we've talked about 80 minutes. We've walked across Dublin. We're now coming down by the forecourts heading towards the lighthouse. I think, are we at the end? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, anything we haven't said already? No, I think, I think as Andrew, and the reason I asked that you seen Before Midnight is, and I think Before Midnight, if you're kind of unprepared, even if you've seen the first two films, it's a bit of a brutal assault on your expectations on your expectations well, yeah, that's, and, uh, and it, it shocked a lot of people in, in actual terms that come out like well they were very careful to avoid the, in the publicity yeah. again this is this is amazing because we're talking about like an indie they, trilogy they tease it as well they say kind of like oh we would hate each other and he yes. he kind of uh, uh, reacts against that he's like well do we hate each other now <laughs> and logically uh, yeah. now yeah. is forever and then, right? and yeah. then she counterpoints it by saying well maybe we're only meant to have these sojourns in European cities every yeah. so often in the moments um, but again and it's interesting because like that's the thing about it is that you know these two films fit very well together and before midnight feels like a coda yeah you know? it does. i think th these two it's films a very are, different beast in it's a, a very ways. different beast like in, even in terms of pacing location and story like I obviously blame. it's the longest film i think yes as well um and i think it unfolds over a longer period of time, i would have brutally right. edited out that whole meal <laughs> that, scene the, yeah. that makes explicit everything that's already been all explicit. the subtext oh you, you say that as if like this movie doesn't have a sequence where either this talks, movie like, has 80 minutes yeah is, but that because, <laughs> is it because there's lots of messes no what happens is they have older and younger versions of themselves play out yeah. the whole scenarios of the film yeah and over an interminable 30 minutes or so. In case you didn't get the, the irony of the situation of the old couple arguing, yeah. forcing them together and before uh, sunrise. It's like, we've already told you all this, but let's have a full, and I mean full recap of other characters that are absolutely unnecessary. I mean, you know, this was what, 2013? 13, yeah. So this was the peak of the dialogue as theme or theme as dialogue yeah, well, era, It was right? a mistake in my opinion. It's the only thing that, the only thing that really puts a foot wrong in the trilogy for me. Um, but yeah, and kind of... Uh, but I still love it. Everything around it's great. But I, I do love that we're talking about what are essentially a trilogy of kind of low-key romantic dramas starring Ethan Hawke. That, that, that probably my favourite trilogy in cinema. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Um, beyond your... Well, Toy Story doesn't count anymore because they did a fourth one because <laughs> Disney and their greedy money... Have you, have you seen things. Toy Story 4? No, I won't. I'll be a pirate I mean, I'll loan you that, like... Without, you probably felt will, that way about the second and third one. Yeah. Though. I will loan you it, so no, you are no, not no. giving any money. You don't have to. I'm deal. not going to give anyone anyway. I'm going to pirate. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not literally going to pay for it. I'm going to pirate. Arrgh, uh, arrgh. Um, Jay means he's going to go out to international waters and watch I it on a big do. screen. Um, also, just found out today that the new Wes Anderson's a Disney film. 
Anyway. Well, it's a Fox Searchlight film. Yeah, well, it's a Searchlight film now. It's um, and it's great because he clearly learned how to shoot in two dimensions at the same time. There's a trolley shot where the camera goes round. Mm -hmm. It's like, now he can do everything. Mm -hmm. um, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, this is a trilogy, so it probably won't remain as one or else it would be a closed off kind of one, I suppose. Or it'll end up as two trilogies, right? Because yeah. if it's, you probably. have the before and Depends you have the after, Depends presumably. on what they go for. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it's a remarkable achievement it, particularly in, in the American cinema, which isn't known for its remarkable achievements a lot of the time. And particularly the Troy 3 films like this, it's a bit of a horror act. Yeah, and, and perhaps only Linklater could get away with it and make it work in some ways, because this is obviously his, his interest if you watch Boyhood and all the rest of it. Well, the passage of time is very yeah. much his thing and the, the way in which time acts on all of us. Um, was it sculpting in time is what Tarkovsky called filmmaking. Yeah. Um, which but is, he would say that though, wouldn't yes. he? Yes, this is Darren's, <laughs> that's been Darren's pretentious film reference corner. Well done. Uh, He's our yeah. favorite. <laughs> yes, yes he is. Um, we do love a bit of Tarkovsky <laughs> in the doesn't. afternoon. Um, I have a box set that I almost never opened from Tarkovsky. <laughs> um, but I do, I do kind of, in terms of it as an American indie, I love the fact that like they kept the plot for Before Midnight under wraps. They actually had spoilers. And like when people were reviewing it, they were told not to mention or to avoid mentioning the, the status quo so as not to spoil the experience, which kind of gets at Jay's, like you mentioned your tourism kind of thing. There are lots of articles online about people recreating the kind of uh, adventures from Before oh, no, Midnight. Um, ironically, fewer recreating the adventures from before midnight, which has, yeah. probably makes a bit more sense. I wonder how that hotel is first. <laughs> well, you, you, yeah, you plan out your life, including like the uh, painful separation. Yes. <laughs> it does a child. Yeah. I mean, lots the inevitable yeah. ending of everything. <laughs> it's like I perfectly scheduled this trip. This is how it's going to work. Um, but yeah, so I think that about wraps it up. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about. No, I'm, uh, I think I think I've uh, I've said all I needed to say. All right then. And now I'll just step off this merry-go-round into oncoming traffic for perfect ambience. Yeah. So what we normally do at the end of the podcast is we ask people to recommend something. Keeping in mind this will be going out around Valentine's Day. Um, so the day I know it's romantic, isn't it? This is why we're doing this in freezing cold weather. Now you tell me yeah, this now to come up with a film off the. I couldn't have planned this all day, Darren. Wait, God I mean, damn it! We have like we're we're at the Lewis stop. We're right, almost okay. you know. Are we talking about a film to recommend to watch? And any recommend? It doesn't even have to be a film. A podcast. Yes. Well, I'm going to recommend a movie because that's what I do. Okay. Uh, that's how I roll. I heard the 250 is a good podcast. Oh, thank, uh, you. thank you. <laughs> uh, I recommend the listeners that. will have details cool. at the end. Um, a film that I almost rewatched last night. I was going to, except I had to watch it before sunset again. Um, oh, oh, oh I sorry, sorry about homework. It's 80 minutes actually. It's so hard. I ended up watching the Fanatic instead as well. So you know, <laughs> there's no excuse for it, right? It's just over a bar. Oh yeah, I'm. Yeah. It is. It's actually almost perfectly so. Yeah. Um, but the one I'd recommend, and it's it's on one of the Netflixes worldwide, but not on the Irish. One of the Netflixes. Uh, Canada, I think. But uh, it's Coganada's uh, Columbus. Oh! With John with Chu jo and uh, Haley Joel Richardson. Yes. And it's, I watched it about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And it's a remarkable. And if we talk about American indie cinema and visual style and all the rest of it. This is the guy who's responsible for every frame of painting. Like, yeah, he does a lot of the video essays for Criterion and various other things like that. I'm really waiting for a follow-up film. We haven't got one as of yet. Is there but not one planned, is, I think? I hope there is, because he is a remarkable filmmaker. Columbus is fantastic and highly, highly recommend. Uh, so get to it, people. And available on Netflix Canada. And Andrew, do you have anything you would recommend? Um, I think we mentioned it earlier, and I have no idea where one will find it, but I'm sure it's something that you can go on Amazon or whatever and, and find. Is the Was it 7 Up or Up 7? The Michael Afton. The Up series. The, the, yeah. the, um, was, uh, 
and there was ITB released it originally. That was yeah. the, uh, the, was the it, kind of because there was one in, in, in the USSR. There's various Is different ones. There's yeah. one in Australia or New Zealand. Oh, are the different variation. sort of branches of it? Right? There, there's I, different series. Somebody did one in Australia, I think. All right, because I know they follow the same people, and those people have sometimes emigrated and they've gone overseas. No, this is this, it's a completely separate, actual, different people okay. working on them and stuff like that. Oh, I, I don't know if they're the same kind of thing, but it's the same certainly idea. Concept, same. Yeah. I love the Soviet Union one because a lot of them hadn't moved, but were in different countries. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, we have moved, but geographical displacement yeah, yeah. Has, uh, has happened. Exactly. We are now in Chechnya. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, that is that um, is the uh, that's one of the '90s markers of before sunrise. It's like Eastern Europe is so exotic. Watch out there, out of the way. The communist <laughs> angle of it. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's very sad, kind of some of the, some of, some of the some of the kind of stories, or some of the struggles, and it's very kind of it reminds you of how, um, I suppose, traumatic childhood can be. Childhood yeah. is. Yes. <laughs> it's great because it's a recurring motif. you can't motif. do anything about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we actually talked about this quite a bit. It's a theme we keep going back to. It's the weird. Uh... Sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 I was wondering if this van is. Oh, Hold on. Okay, sorry. So, so we do have a minute. Uh, is it one direction or two directions? Uh, it's two central. So there? you can stay within the central line, basically. So if you're heading up to, where are you heading up to? There. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that should yeah, get you there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You'll be fine. Yeah, from Abbey to Central. To, yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did you already do it? Did you already take use this? Uh, yeah. Well, then it, you'd have to get another one, I think. Okay. Yeah, which you can get here. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a return. Okay, cool. Sorry. Glad they listened to you. That's good advice. That's all right. Thank you. Sorry. Um, we leave that in. Should have got a lead card. If, if we forget the movie, get a lead card. <laughs> Scrap everything else I said about the movie earlier. Get a lead card. That's 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 the that's the after midnight. Yes. Jesse and Celine working on their old age benefits. Because I'm, 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 <laughs> getting, I'm getting a flight to London. Excellent. And in London, they've done away with the Oyster cards. You just tap your card. I still your have Oyster cards. God damn yeah, it. they're useless now. Yeah. So they put, world. But and it, it must be more convenient now. So, so I'd like to counter that recommendation. Uh, just wait a while, see if they do away with leap cards completely, or maybe get them now. They'll be more valuable well, in the they, future. I'm going to keep my oyster cards yeah. forever. <laughs> I really like the octopus. Actually, I have a couple of octopus, octopus cards. Oyster, I have various different cards, cities ones sitting at home. Oyster card art and like mods, modding is a thing. Ah. Like modding, you, you so like can, you're doing your own design on it. Yeah, it? as in you can you can melt it in acetate. And it will still work? Will well, still? well, no, you, you risk it not working. <laughs> okay. But if it works, you, for your you, art. it's then your thing. Okay, so like you have like a little ring you've made of... Uh, yeah, that's exactly, nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I like that. All right, in terms of my, my recommendations, let's go with something romantic because it's Valentine's Day. The leftovers. It's one of the great romances. <laughs> it's great, it is. It, you're talking about. it is, but it's not quite... Yeah, it is and it isn't, Darren, I think, is a, is a fair point. I, I would wholeheartedly recommend it. I, I would also recommend it. Not enough people it's have watched it. It's a fantastic love story One of the great about TV shows finding made. somebody, you know. It's, and it's, losing somebody and perhaps finding them again. And perhaps finding them again, you know. Yeah. Good. It's the, wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I can beat And you will cry buckets at various points. All right, uh, we're about finishing up because we're actually crossing Smithfield Square at the moment. In a so, very kind of, you know. <laughs> appropriate sort of yeah, uh, dark ambience. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A dark and freezing. If only we videoed this. <laughs> yeah, that's next year. That's our next year project. I mean, they they meet in the summer <laughs> yeah why don't we do the summer we're like the december thing that never happened in winter right 
the one that nobody turned up for. Well, Ethan did, in fairness. Jesse turned up. And more about our stats later. Yes. Um, but yeah, so if people are a bit more Jay in their lives, where do you think? I'd uh, be on Twitter complaining about something or other. Uh, as usual, as per at Jay Coyle, complaining, complaining, complaining. Perfect. You can follow the podcast at the 250 I'm online at Darren underscore Mooney. And next week, we will be doing one of several things. We'll be either marking the passage of Kurt Russell. Uh, so no, no, Kurt what? Russell. What's reverse, Kurt reverse, reverse. Oh, no. Now, now he's definitely going to die. This uh, is the final destination of podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> we'll be marking it. <laughs> dropping like flooding passage there. passage of Kirk Douglas. All oh, right. That's a different Kirk. Um, and so, indeed Kurt. Yeah, so we, we will be discussing Ace no, and Billy Wilder's Ace in the hole, um, uh, hopefully. Um, One of the great golf films. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Jay. That's all right. Um, so join Four. us. <laughs> and so on. Uh, uh, join us next week for I, that. I can't wait. Uh, we will be back in the studio. The audio quality will probably be a bit nicer that I time. would hope so. I'm warmer. <laughs> I'm warmer. Yeah. Uh, take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.